I think the hunt this year will be excellent. You're cracking me up. It's Schranners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Oh, man. Let me have a a little sip of wits of my coffee. Yeah. It's uh, early morning here in the McElroy household, recording an episode of Schmanners, while B.B., Demands to simultaneously eat breakfast and go outside. <laughs> Join us, won't you? Join us. Hello, this is our chaos. You sound like Casey Kasem. That's kind of what I was going for. Oh, Thank good. you. Yeah. Good, good, good. And now a long distance dedication to BB <laughs> McElroy. Um, hi everybody, welcome. It's another episode. Spring has sprung here yes. in North America. Um, I know it's not spring everywhere. That's a thing that I've learned in the last decade. <laughs> it's not. I. I all. Let me clarify. I always understood. Yeah. Right. But it didn't really sink in until recently. And like when we learn about you know like Christmas in Australia and Santa comes surfing in, it's like whoa. It just yeah. Drifts me out. Anyway, that is something that I was thinking about for this topic as well. We're going to do the topic of egg hunts. Um, but yeah, Australia. So back when Australia was a British colony, right? Yes. They, they took all of the, the British business, especially in the Victorian era. And it's fall. It's fall right now in Australia and New Zealand. And yet the Easter bunny prevails and there's like like you're supposed to put like flowers out and stuff it's weird it's it is weird I agree it is, is what it, I'm saying <laughs> I would I would say it's weird to us it's normal to our Australian and New Zealand friends I suppose yes so maybe to say it's different it's rather different. than it's weird it's different um so let's talk about egg hunts did you when you were a kid Mm-hmm. Did you do Easter egg hunts? Yes, we did. Yeah? With real eggs or with plastic eggs? Well, um, real eggs, I believe. Yes. So what we had was my mother very expertly made us some Easter baskets, like for real, like wove us Easter baskets because she's amazing. And in the Easter baskets, we had plastic eggs that had candy in them. Yes. But we would dye eggs the couple days before and then the Easter bunny would hide them in the yard. Now this is a thing that I have often thought about because we would dye eggs and then the Easter bunny would hide them too. Why didn't the Easter bunny just make his own eggs? Why did he have to take our eggs? Anyway, it just bothered me. Um, my- well, because I think you want you want the experience of dyeing the eggs but you also want the experience of finding the eggs. I mean, I guess. And you know, if the Easter Bunny's got to do one of them, you know. Actually, now that I say that, I'm pretty sure that we would dye eggs, but then our parents would still hide plastic eggs. Huh. Because I remember 
so I remember very clearly a couple different ones. One year, uh, it was plastic eggs with candy inside them. And then it was plastic eggs that we could turn in for candy. And then it was plastic eggs with little uh, notes, like clues written in them that led us to our Easter baskets. Oh. Yeah. That's I, fun. We've got uh, actually a very fun McElroy home video of my dad and his friend Mark like hiding Easter eggs for us and Mark's kids and us like going through our house and finding them. And um, my dad having to make sure that me and Justin didn't take all the eggs before Griffin could find some. Because I think Griffin found like one and you just see him in the video like he was like maybe like two or three and he's just like holding it up to dad and dad's like, yeah, go find more. And Griffin's just sitting there holding up the (laughs) one egg like he's just found the golden snitch. Yeah, well, so here's the problem with Easter egg hunts in my household. Um, Nobody really likes hard-boiled eggs in my house. See, we never... I know you and I just had this conversation yesterday because I'm going to help BB dye some eggs before Easter. In my house, I don't think we ever ate... My, and, like, my my dad, I know, loves deviled eggs, and I think hard-boiled eggs, too, and I like hard-boiled eggs, and I can't remember how my mom felt about them. But I don't think we ever ate the eggs that we dyed. And maybe that was just because, like, when you're, like, six or seven and you dye the eggs, if we saw someone like, great, now a little salt, you'd be like, <laughs> I just did, wait, I just did that. Well, I mean, they're fine inside the shell, right? But I, there was something... First of all, I don't like them to begin with. Don't like hard-boiled eggs. But, like, there was something about cracking open the dyed surface. Yes. That sometimes turned blue or green. Right. That's what I'm saying. I did not care for a blue or green egg. Okay. Enough okay. about our personal experiences. Now, historical experiences. Um, Would you categorize Easter as a christian holiday well see this is a trick question that i know the answer to i know that easter is um much like christmas and halloween a pagan uh based holiday that has been co-opted into the judeo-christian kind of uh mindset or i guess i just christian um i'm pretty sure Jewish people don't celebrate Easter uh, for <laughs> a lot of reasons. Passover, yes, um, but I know that it is based off of like a celebration of like spring and the vernal equinox and uh, like fertility and reproduction, which is why the symbols of Easter are like a, a rabbit who you know they procreate a lot. And, like, eggs of, like, the rebirth and, you know, new life. Um, and why it happens in the spring of, like, you know, the the flowers coming out of the snow. That kind of deal. Um, and at some point, it became uh, very Christian. So... Maybe the second most Christian <laughs> holiday we've got. If not really the most Christian. So the turning point comes when you take the egg... And instead of having it uh, symbolize just any new life, it symbolizes the um, the re uh, the the resurrection of the Christ. Gotcha. Right. But I have to assume that this was this is where now my uh, basis of knowledge then turns into uh, extrapolating. But from what I know about Christmas, I'm betting it was like a bunch of like you know 
church dudes sitting around going, all right, we can't seem to get these pagans to stop celebrating Easter. And Easter does seem pretty cool, what with the bunny and the eggs and all, and the marshmallow peeps. (laughs) And so what we're going to do is rather than get rid of Easter, say, yes, and you know how we celebrate uh, Christ dying and coming back? That's a lot like Easter. Exactly. And just kind of uh, glomming onto it. Right. Um, so there were a lot of different, uh, different assignments that they gave all of the, the things for Easter. Um, but the one that has to do with hunting was assigned by, um, Martin Luther, uh, what the 16th century Martin Luther. I almost said Martin Luther King and that's wrong. No, 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 no. Martin Luther (laughs) from the 16th century. Guy who nailed a thing to a door. Exactly. Printed a book. Martin Luther. Right. So, um, you know, I say that. I don't know if Martin Luther King ever nailed something to a door. I mean, maybe he is, did. That is the story. But Martin Luther King might have oh, been. Oh, Martin Luther like, King. Like, he might have, like, hung a wreath on a door or something. I don't know. He might have also nailed something to a door. It's possible. You know, listen, people at home, don't get them confused. You know who we're <laughs> talking about, right? Okay. So, for his congregation, the egg hunt supposedly started when he would have the men of the congregation hide the eggs and then the women and children of the congregation would go and and find them representing the the women uh who rolled away yes the stone M- at- Mary and Martha was it yeah maybe man been a long time been a long time since i heard it but i think that's it at the at the tomb yes. right so um, when they think, oh, it's just a gardener or something. And he's like, no, I'm Jesus. What's up? And then he's like, up to heaven. That's the deal. I'm pretty sure that's how it's described in the Bible. Hey, what's up? I'm Jesus. Bye. And then he just like zips to heaven. Right. Um, And that essentially is where some sociologists think that. No, sociologists, that's not it. Is it? anthropologist sure no yeah i think listen anyone who listens to this show historians no (laughs) oh historians i think yes historians is what we're going for i think sociology is the study of like society Mm -hmm. and anthropology is a store (laughs) Uh, just a joke but i think that's the study of like more ancient history Right, um, but historians, historians believe that this is also a nod to the Easter egg roll that may have been popular at some point. The what? Well, the White House here in the U.S. holds an Easter egg roll every year, or they have for some couple hundred years. Where you just roll eggs? They roll the eggs. To Again. See you can roll the furthest? Yeah. It's kind of like an egg roll. Are they hard boiled? I hope they're hard boiled. I think that they do wooden eggs. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I could really chuck a wooden egg. No, you're supposed to roll it, though. Okay, but I'm saying. Which, again, is a nod to the rolling the stone away at the tomb. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Is where I was going. Okay, I got it. But I'm saying, what is the mechanic? Because, like, I bet you could get some, like, softball pitchers in there. And really get that under and egg roll, like, get that thing to, like, the Washington Monument. Is that a good way? That's a good way from the White House. <laughs> yeah. That was a good pull, Travis. You did a great job. Thank you. Okay. So, let's get into the nitty gritty of the egg hunt, though. Yeah. The, the gritty underbelly of the egg hunt. Yeah. 
What do a lot of our social constructs go back to, Travis? Victorian era? Queen Victoria. Yeah. And that Prince Albert, they were real cool cats, and everybody wanted to do everything that they were doing. They were the, uh, they wanted, they it, people wanted to be them, and people wanted to be them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, the lineage of Victoria is German, um, and... The Easter with the the pagan roots is attributed to Germanic peoples mostly. Um, so her, Queen Victoria's mother, the Duchess of Kent, would um, hide Easter eggs for her in the palace. Um, and so then she turned around and did it for her kids. Uh-huh. But... Um, they wanted to do it kind of outside, in, and they hid the eggs in little moss baskets, which I Aww, think is pretty cute. That's very cute. Um, do you and, think they, they're pro- oh, they probably what? weren't like natural baskets, right? They probably like made them. Probably yeah, made baskets. Probably made little moss baskets. Is there such a thing as a natural? I mean, I was picturing like almost like Fred Penner's place. You find a little like tree stump. <laughs> That, you know, it's over time, worn down. Oh, there's more. You know what? I'm not here to be judged by you or anyone. My idea was cute and fairy-like. Yes. Get off my back. Um. So then everybody was like, this is a cool thing. They gave us a Christmas tree. That's cool. They gave us an Easter egg hunt. That's cool. These are fun things to do with our families. Okay. Um, and I think that's why the Easter egg hunt tradition has survived because like the Victorian era, um, the center around, especially in the U.S., around family time is something that is like, you know, all of the psychologists are like, this is important to spend time with your family, raise your kids like that. Because before the Victorian era, it was kind of... Not cool to be with your family. Oh. Yeah. Well. Everyone was just like teenagers? No. Like, ah, hang out with my family. I'm going to go do stuff. I mean, children were like raised apart from their families, um, especially in, I'm talking about the upper class, right? Okay. Um, But Queen Victoria was like super hands-on, at least according. Comparatively. Uh, yeah. Comparatively. Um, and so this family time dynamic continues because of the, the traditions that she said. You know, I, I've always wanted, you've just made me think about this because you talk about like things to do with your family. It is very interesting to me. And I think about this when any like holiday rolls around that when you look at like, for example, Halloween, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty big deal here in the States, right? We have trick or treating, we have pumpkin carving, you know, uh, and like, you know, I guess costume, like there's stuff, right? But you can pretty right. much contain it to, if you wanted to, a four hour period. Yes. Right. And when you look at Easter, there's like the Easter basket, Easter egg hunt, Easter dinner, right? Once again, you could hypothetically do it all in four hours. Or you look at, I don't know, Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, hang out all day, cook, and eat dinner. But then you look at Christmas. And Christmas is like, you cannot contain everything that we all do for Christmas in one day, right? It's like Christmas starts like October 30th, (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, and it's just, it's always interesting. What is it that you boys say? The Christmas creep? The Christmas creep begins so early and there's, it's just always interesting to me that like the, the same kind of uh, like amount of festivities hasn't really developed around any other holiday except Christmas. I have to disagree with you. Um, because being raised Catholic, Lent is is all about Easter. So you give up something for Lent, right? And then you go to church every Sunday and you're, you know, you're preparing yourself for the the resurrection Sunday, which is Easter. Um and then you're supposed to go to church on Good Friday. Some people go to church on Thursday before Good Friday. Um, and then you're supposed to go to church on Holy Saturday. And then you're Holy supposed to- Saturday, I Batman. I know, I know. And then you're supposed to go to church on Resurrection Sunday. So it's it's pretty much 40 days long. Okay, well, let me rephrase then. And, and to say, like, culturally, okay. common culturally. Like, there aren't, like- Easter specials the way that they're like Christmas specials you know they're- but there are fish specials at restaurants every okay. Friday I okay, would but I that's would, different I would say that that has entered into it listen but, we don't have to fight about this but you know what I'm saying right? I understand you what you're saying okay Easter Easter and maybe there is no Easter creep right yes and like yes. like there's no Thanksgiving cre- like it's just all of these holidays. I would have to argue that there is Thanksgiving creep because pumpkin spice happens. This, that is fair. <laughs> um, like, but like Fourth of July, these kinds of things. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong, they're big deals, but nothing can like topple the juggernaut that is Christmas. And that's what I'm saying. Why can't it be Christmas every day? Okay. Okay. Um, let's take a quick break. Okay. From talking about Christmas. Is that what I'm talking about? <laughs> and, uh, no, sorry. Egg hunts. Because um, I have two events that I would like to speak of after the break. And we will. But first, a word from our sponsors. This week, we would like to give a thank you note to Zola. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with a free wedding website, your dream wedding registry, affordable save the dates, invitations, and easy to use planning tools. They have over a hundred beautiful wedding website designs to choose from and that fit any couple style. And the Zola store has the widest selections of gifts at different price points. There's something for every guest to give. One of our favorite things is you have the ability to, uh, like if you have a big ticket item or something that you, you know, that maybe you feel a little guilty putting on because you don't expect any one person to get that thing for you because it's a little pricey. Well, they have this thing where multiple people can go in on the same gift to get that for you. I think that's an amazing innovation in wedding registries. Um, and plus, it's like a one-stop shop for the stuff you got to do. You know, I, I wish that we had known about Zola when we were getting married. You know, we were pulling from different sites to get, like, save the dates and wedding invitations from, like, the same place. That's incredible. It's true. That's It's a great, great idea. So, you should start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your registry. What a deal. Free wedding website and $50 off your registry. Wow. Go to Zola, that's Z-O-L-A, dot com slash schmanners and start your trial now. Or I guess not trial. Start the process. Get the ball rolling. Yeah, plan your wedding. Do it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Hi. 
Hi, it's Ali Kokesh, one of the cast members of Mission to Zix, a new addition to the Max Fun Network. We're blown away by the welcome we've received from Max Fun listeners, telling us you've discovered the show and are binging it hard, supporting us during the drive, and just being rad humans all around. Mission to Zix is an improvised, obsessively sound designed sci fi comedy epic following a group of ambassadors as they explore the ass end of space. I play Dar, the 12 foot tall omnisexual security officer with furry scales, chest talons, and a series of flaps and shoots that are for. Nah, you know what? You'll figure it out. We'd be delighted if you joined our crew aboard the aging sentient starship, the Bargerian Jade, as we travel the Zix Quadrant, meeting all sorts of weird aliens played by brilliant guest comedians. That's Mission to Zix. Z-Y-X-X. Hello, this is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. Mm-hmm. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident. Of realizing that I have accidentally uh, pull my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. Okay, there were some events. Events you wanted to speak of? Well, I'm going to hold you in suspense about the um, ah, the White House egg roll. The suspense. And tell you instead about the Easter Parade. Now, uh, we have a uh, a parade etiquette episode uh-huh. where I briefly mentioned the Easter parade, um, but I'd like Isn't to- Isn't that a movie? Is that a movie? There is a movie. Yes. Okay. That's it's it. Hot. That's all I know about it. I'm just <laughs> proud of myself that I remembered that. So- Is Judy Garland in that one? She is. That's why you smiled when I remembered it. Okay. All right. I'm a fan. Anyway, um, so in the mid-1800s in New York, the high society people Uh would often walk to church services at various Fifth Avenue churches, and then they would kind of stroll around afterwards. In their finery? In their finery. Um, And this really included hats, right? Because hats were big at the time anyway. And they even got bigger for what? Easter Sunday. <laughs> what? The hats got bigger? Uh, in more ways than one. Are we talking like full-blown like Kentucky Derby hats? Yeah. It wow. became such a tradition of people constantly trying to outdo each other and look the coolest that uh, people just started showing up kind of in the street to watch the spectacle of it. Wow. Um, And then... That I, the idea of the Easter parade um, became so popular that they made the movie about it, right? With Fred Astaire and, um, and Judy Garland. And uh, the words by Irving Berlin actually go, in your Easter bonnet with all the frills upon it, you'll be the grandest lady at the Easter parade. Okay. I could, you, you're looking at me expectantly. Well, I wanted I- you to sing it. All right. Are you going to? Yes. In your Easter bonnet, with all the thrills upon it, you'll 
will be the grandest lady in the Easter parade. I could write a sonnet about your Easter bonnet and how I, I think it's how I'm going to take you to the Easter parade. I think that's it. Side note, I would love to hear a sonnet all about an Easter bonnet. Yeah. I bet it would be a fascinating sonnet. Well, now I've really dug uh, dug a hole here. Let me look. I did not look up the lyrics. I did but that you from did. memory. Listen, you did so well. Look, listen, everybody, if you're listening to that and you started applauding, tweet at Teresa McRoy <laughs> and tell her what a great job she just did. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, well, okay. So I I convoluted two different verses. So I sang the first half of the second verse and the last half of the third verse. I think but- that's okay. I think that's okay. I think everyone will forgive you because you sang so beautifully. <laughs> Thank you, darling. I will say I we also have uh, some really great McRoy home videos of like me, Justin, and Griffin, and Dad like standing on the steps of our front porch in like our Easter outfits, you know, like I want to say your Easter finery. Yeah. Griffin once again, like three and me like six and Justin like nine, like I think I'm wearing white pants, blue short sleeve shirt with a clip on tie and suspenders. And I pretty sure I have on like the two tone black and white shoes and my full blown like bowl cut. You nice. Know? Yeah, it's pretty great. And Justin has like spiky hair that wouldn't lay down, but not spiky like cool now, but just like almost like a mullet. So close <laughs> to a mullet. And dad, I think, full blown has a mullet. And Griffin looks like a, just a tiny baby angel. Of course. Because he always did. Yeah. Um, jerk. <laughs> now, the event itself of the Easter parade has never really been religious other than people going to church. Uh huh. Um, but there are some who might argue that processions have always been a part of like the church atmosphere, whatever. Anyway, now here's I. So I we've already touched on this a little bit, but you were you were raised Catholic, and I was raised Southern Baptist. Did you ever do Easter pageants? No. No. See, Mm-mm. we did, and it was like a full blown thing. Where are the, like, you know, main room, which the name of is now escaping me, the main room in a church where the thing is. Anyways, um, they would turn that into, like, a full-blown set. Like, over here is, like, where the, you know, the the stone and tomb is. And over here is, like, where the crosses are. And over here, that oh, that's Pilots, whatever. And then, like, it was like a full-blown musical extravaganza with, like, live animals. And um, it was a whole big deal. It was, and, and, like, you would see them building the set as you would, like, come to church for, like, weeks ahead of time. And I was always in it. And my dad, I think, helped write it. And, like, me and Justin and Griffin and dad and mom were, like, all in it. It was, like, a big thing. But mostly I just liked the acting part and the live animals. <laughs> Yeah, that is not something that we did. I don't know if it's if it's not a Catholic thing, but it wasn't at my church. Oh yeah, we oh it was a whole big deal at my church. 
Um, and I just liked it because I also got to eat the leftover bread from the Last Supper every night. After which, listen, you're making a face, but I was seven. I was hungry. You know, I'm just eating <laughs> some bread. I'm not gonna let that bread go bad. Okay, so I I have kept you in high enough suspense. I hope about the egg roll. Yes, I want to know about. You want to know egg all roll. about the egg rolls? Do you think they eat egg rolls? No. While they're there? Because no. that would be really on brand, don't you think? Like, <laughs> it's the egg roll, and here's some egg rolls. <laughs> that would be real. I think that would be nice. All right. You you do that, then. I'm saying maybe I'll have an egg roll where you roll egg rolls to see how far the egg roll rolls. Oh, how boy. much roll could an egg roll roll oh, if an egg God. roll could roll rolls? You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you have the chance to make something new and not just do it the way everyone's always done it before, <laughs> roll an egg roll across your lawn and then eat it. What could go wrong? <laughs> okay. Roll an egg roll. All right. So in 1878, Rutherford B. Hayes and his first lady, Lucy Webb Hayes, opened the White House grounds and held the first annual White House egg Roll. Also, side note, can we bring back the name Rutherford? Sure. Rutherford. It sounds like you were going for like a different name, but you couldn't decide on one. And so like, it sounds like you started to say like Russell, but then got confused halfway through and you're like, uh, Rutherford. It's hard for me to say with my lisp. So this Not going to give me anything off of that, waxed. Huh? You had I'm enough. Sick. Okay. This tradition waxed and waned over the years doing uh, owing to wartime rationing, construction, weather obs, because yeah. um, it takes place outside. Um, but it continues today, and it has, over time, developed into an event where it includes music and dancing and souvenir eggs and even an official White House Easter Bunny. Ooh. Yeah. Um, that Easter I, Bunny I was added like, during the Nixon administration. Okay. Actual rabbit or like no. person-sized bunny? Person-sized. Okay. Person-sized bunny. Um, at that point, First Lady Pat Nixon uh, had one of her staffers dressed up as the bunny. Um, and then the winners of the egg roll race received a Nixon ballpoint pen. Oh. Okay. Now it is traditional to receive a souvenir egg. Okay. I was going to say, Nixon ballpoint pen. Not like super, like, especially if you're a kid who yeah. just won an egg roll and like, here's a pen. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, okay. Um, under President Barack Obama, it really uh, started to get the party atmosphere. Yeah. Um, there were several different uh, activities that they could do. There was like a kid's kitchen um, where Michelle continued her initiative of healthy eating for the children. Um, and then they also had Spider-Man attend. What? I know. That's pretty cool. And, Way better than the Easter Bunny. And Cookie Monster. What? Also attended. Oh, Cookie Monster is the best. And, you know, s- sprinkle some minions in there. Some what? yellow minions. Yeah. This is amazing. This is like finding out like that, you know, they're like, I had a pretty good birthday party. And then your friend's like, yeah, I had my birthday party this weekend, too. I had a bouncy castle. And you're like, ah, <laughs> oh. Like, I bet some, like, if you think about that Nixon one where it's like, oh, yeah, an Easter Bunny showed up and I got a pen. And it's like, oh, that's cool. Spider-Man showed up in mine. Like, oh, man. It's true. Um, 
So this has been a pretty historically heavy episode. I would I would say it's more like a bio of an Easter egg hunt. Fair. Um, but I, I think that the reason that we do these, dear listeners, the reason that we do these is because these traditions, um, they grow and they change and they have origins that may not apply to us today, but they are still things that... Uh, at least here in the U.S., we continue to maintain as, as like I said, family fun times. Yes, as traditions. As traditions. And there's this kind of, I don't know, a, a secular participation of yeah. these that yes. I would say is part of our culture. I agree. Much like Christmas, you know, um, and, and I think Easter too, uh, also, you know, I one, we talk a lot about that these things have a, li- a lot of practical when you like scratch one layer below the surface of practical kind of nature. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is like you do egg hunts to keep the kids out of your hair while you cook <laughs> Easter dinner. Like that's what it is. Like keep them from like, OK, everybody go outside and go look for eggs. I need to work in the kitchen for a while. You know what I mean? Like that's why you do it now, of course, sure should still be supervised. But we have heard now, uh, speaking of like taking it, making it your own, of like adult people who do beer hunts where they hide beers instead of eggs. And, you know, yeah. that's part of the party. And really, you could hide just about anything and call it, you know, an egg. Just don't do a deviled egg hunt. Oh, that would be, yeah, I think that would be weird. Hard. Um, But I do want to mention as far as like the origin, um, one of the things that historians say is a possibility uh the necessity of hard boiling the eggs to keep them comes about from the uh the lenten fasting Uh uh-huh so way back when not only were you not allowed to eat meat uh dairy was often included and eggs oh so your chickens are still continue to lay the eggs so you don't want them to go bad so you hard boil them so that they keep until you're allowed to eat them on Easter. Now, that is if you were well-to-do and had chickens. Uh, but at that point, if you had so many eggs that you couldn't probably possibly eat them before they went bad, you would also give them away to the poor. Okay. Another reason eggs would be a big deal during Easter. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. All right. Hey. We've all learned a little something today, and isn't that the goal <laughs> of every Schmanners episode? Thank you all so much for joining us. Um, and as always, have a safe holiday weekend. We talk about this every time we do a holiday episode, but you know, people tend to drink a little bit during the holidays, and it's so important that you don't drink and drive and that you be careful out there because you can't trust that other people aren't going to drink and drive. So be careful out there because you're important to us, and we want you to be around for many, many holidays to come. Um, so make good choices be careful out there and take care of each other um, go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org uh, also uh, the McElroys are going on tour throughout a lot of 2019 um, we have all of that listed it's the Become the Monster Tour uh, and mainly features my brother, my brother, me and the Adventure Zone but probably there will be some Sawbones and Schmanners and maybe some wonderful shows in there as well uh, you can see uh, the listings for them and get tickets by going to macroy.family and clicking on tours. And also while you're there, 
check out the MacRoy merch page, or you can go to macroymerch.com. Uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff on there, including uh, a, a like set of Schmanners thank you cards you can get. Very, very cute. Um, you know, and it's just a nice thank you card. If you're looking for like, where do I even get thank you cards? You can get them macroymerch.com we also got a schmanners tote bag schmanners pin set a schmanners t-shirt a lot of schmanners stuff on there go check it out um let's see what else do i usually say or you say i usually make sure to thank brent brent of Floss black for writing our theme music which is available as a ringtone where those are found thank you to kayla m wassell for our twitter thumbnail art and you can tweet at us at schmanners cast we love to get um get mentions for that and for um our topics yeah if you have ideas for topics uh you can submit them you can tweet at us at Cast, or uh probably a little bit more effectively so they don't get lost in the shovel you can email us schmanerscast at gmail.com uh thank you to keely weiss photography for the cover banner of our fan run facebook group schmanners fanners and uh do check that out it's a great place to give and get advice however if you put in uh topic ideas there they definitely will get lost so please make sure to email them (laughs) email them uh and i think that's gonna do it for us so join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manners manners get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.